0: Hello, everyone. I'm Chris White. And
1: I am Stevens Brown.
0: And we're here from Tap Pest Control Insulation. And we want to thank you again for downloading our podcast, listening to us. Uh, we're glad you took the time out to, uh, to listen to our, our four-part series. And, and this is part two, right, Stevens? Yeah,
1: guys. Uh, welcome to welcome to part two uh, of our series, Performing an Addict Cap. You know, today's episode is on prepping the job. Uh, we're going to go over all the activities to perform, you know, the day of the job, but you know, before you actually start applying taps. So, uh, we got a lot to go over today. So let's, uh, let's kind of jump right in and talk about prepping, prepping the attic. So Chris, I'll let you start.
0: Yeah. So you know what? A lot of people think prepping the attic and they talk about, you know, we're going to, we're going to get up in the attic. What are we going to start doing? But you know what? The prep starts actually on the way to the job. Yep. Um, so we've got a, you know, I, I like to, to let people know, look, on the way to the job, always, you know, give your customer a call. It's uh, it's just good customer service. Give them a call. Let them know the ETA of when you're going to arrive. You know, we got great uh, GPSs these days. You plug in, it'll tell you when to arrive. usually takes into account traffic and all that. So it's always good to give the customer a, a call on that. Even if you're only about five minutes late, you know, if you're not there, you told them around eight o'clock and you're not there at eight, they're already stressing out, right? Yep.
1: Oh yeah. Got to love those homeowners. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. They're going to be stressing out. So you just give them, you know, Hey, we're running about five minutes late. Traffic's a little heavy. We'll be there shortly. Um, and then use that opportunity a little bit to talk, uh, to ask them about parking the vehicles. Now, uh, you're going to have a truck or a trailer and you want to get that up into the driveway as close to the entrance of the house as possible. So, Uh, if you can get them on the phone, you can mention that and say, look, we want to get it up there. If you guys need to get out or, you know, if there's, we don't want to block anybody in, you may want to think about pulling your car out and parking on the road. And, you know, if you can't get them on the phone, then really the best thing to do is, you know, park out on the street when you get there and you knock on the door and then, you know, let them know what you need to do and, and they can make arrangements. The last thing you want to do is, is, you know, Pull right in, park right there, and then they're saying, you know, especially if you're running hoses already and you're you're going up, and they go, hey, you know, I have to go to work. You need to move your truck, and you know that can be a that can be a big a big issue and a lot of uh, big time waster on your end. So always uh try to get that stuff ironed out as quickly as possible
1: yeah no that that can save a lot of time i've personally had that done get everything set up you know i didn't take my proactive phone call seriously and then we basically start doing the job and we got to break down and move everything so yeah that is a huge huge tip yeah. right there
0: yeah and that's you know and that's why we do these right hey we've been through a bunch of these we know what to expect we're just trying to offer up tips to help everybody else. Yep,
1: we, We've screwed up. Here's how not to. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: the other thing now, when you get there, first thing you want to do, um, find the most efficient route to the attic and, you know, identify your, what I call your traveling workspace, right? So it's going to be where you get in, uh, where you enter the house and then your path to uh, the attic access. There could be two. You might be able to access it in a couple places. You need to determine if that's where you're, you're going to do is a case I was on a job where we we accessed uh, one part in a hallway and another one in a laundry room yep and so we we had to uh, protect the areas going to both sides because it just made sense there was a um, there was a uh, raised ceiling in there so uh, you know we had to go ahead and get around that rather than climbing over everything we just accessed on the other side of the attic and so we needed to protect on both sides so this is going to help us lay down any of our tarps and so forth on the way up. But, you know, before we even start laying tarps, the thing we want to do is after we identify our route from the uh, from the entrance to the house to the entrance of the attic, is we want to start inspecting a lot of those areas. Uh, you're going to be running a hose through there, you know, a ribbed hose, and that hose is going to be dragged across the ground. It's going to go around corners. There's a good chance it'll go around a corner or it may hit a along staircases and so forth so you want to inspect that you know pretty much like you would with uh renting a car right if you're going to rent a car you want to do that walk around the car you want to make sure there's no dents or anything that maybe the last guy did that no one caught that you know with your luck you're going to get called out at the you know when you return it that you exactly you know you know darn well you didn't do it uh but they didn't catch the other guy and you're the last one who had the car so same thing here is as you go through the house, you want to take those photos and call it out to the customer to say, hey, look, you know, I noticed here on the wall before we come in, there is a, a dent on this corner. Uh, I'm going to take a photo of it. Uh, you know, we're going to be running hoses through here. I just don't want to be blamed for, for that damage. And, you know, the same thing along the, uh, the ceiling. So the ceiling uh, that is, uh, you know, up against the attic there, you want to walk around there as well. Look for any cracks or anything that uh, you could be blamed for as well. Um, you know, it's a good opportunity to also look for water, stains, stuff like that, um, and then try to source what's going on up there. But uh, really uh, just kind of looking for anything, where there's cracks or any peeling paint, something where they're gonna be able to, they might be able to say, hey, uh, that wasn't there before. Yeah,
1: so, that's a great piece of advice and a great way to uh, make sure you you save yourself, so to speak.
0: Yeah, so we want to you want to go through that and identify all of those things to the customer and alert them to them, um, in that way. In, in addition to floors too, keep an eye especially on uh, hardwood floors. Uh, you want to make sure it scratches, things like that, because any little thing and it, it may seem nitpicky, but uh, believe me, you you don't want to have that conversation at the end and then, you know, a, a profitable job could really go. Uh, be unprofitable really quickly if you don't take these uh, these simple steps just as you're as you're going in to inspect the house and it really doesn't take a lot of time you know it sounds like oh I gotta look at all these things but uh, not really as you go through it's pretty quick to to identify now you know of course now we want to go ahead and set up our drop cloths and and protectors uh, from the entrance to the attic so You know, whether you're using plastic or or cloth drops, whatever they may be, uh, this is where you want to start protecting everything. And, you know, we mentioned in the the first episode about having drop cloths and everything on the truck and all that. And, you know, one of the things was like those uh, uh, where you can kind of create your own hallway using those uh, load extenders, extender bars that kind of attach to the ceiling. They just uh, press up against it and then you can drop the cloth the uh, plastic drop cloth down, kind of create a wall uh, for yourself to protect uh, and and keep a pathway uh, so that you're not uh, going anywhere else in the house and the homeowner knows you're not traveling anywhere else because you've created that one little hallway. Those are, that's a great thing to do. And that's what you want to do there as well is to be able to um, put that uh, all the way up there and get that prepped. And at the same time, pay attention to your corners, make sure you're protecting them with the, the Either the plastic corners that you have, or you, you could be using baffles to help protect it, or uh, some people use carpeting and things like that. But you want to pay attention to anywhere the hose is going to be uh, pulled across the floor, around staircases, uh, around corners of walls, things like that just protect those areas so you don't create
1: it yeah damage. i <clears throat> i'll share a quick little story i'll never forget my first install job way way back when we neglected to uh didn't even think about protecting the corners and after we had done the job you know rubbing those hoses in and out all day long we had just rubbed corners bare and paint was gone <laughs> it was not a good situation <laughs> so we only made that mistake yeah, once. Yeah. That...
0: Yes, you you'll only make it once. Trust me. Um, If you have a forgiving enough uh, foreman who won't fire you for it, then that's a good. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. That's good. But yeah, you know, painter's tape. We mentioned that in our our first episode. Painter's painter's tape is a great way to hold up some of those uh, items to keep them intact in place without worrying about damaging the paint later and peeling tape off. I've I've seen masking tape and duct tape on walls like that, and that's. You know, yeah, you protected that wall, but how are you going to remove that yep. tape? You know, and then you're pulling paint off the wall, and now you've created another. Yeah, issue.
1: very vital to make sure you use good, good blue painters tape, no doubt.
0: Yeah, the, you know, there, there's others out there. We say blue, and blue is a brand name, but uh, there's green, there's others. Uh, blue seems to be the one that most people go to. I do like it myself, but um, in any case, that's you know, those are those are good products yep. to have in your uh, in your tool belt for sure. Then at that point, you know, we're, we're ready to get into the attic and do some work. So Stevens, what are some of the things? That yeah. So, would,
1: so once we've kind of gotten it? on site and we've set up, you know, and protected our, our working space, so to speak, you know, now we're going to kind of transition into getting up into that. Attic. But before we do, you know, we want to suit up with our PPE. We've got our coveralls, you know, our headlamps are super huge. Um, make sure we have our shoe covers on um, our dust mask, um, eye protection, all of that good stuff. And, Yep. Gloves. gloves. Um, And then I'd like to I always say this when I'm training and teaching people, you know, you want to try to be as strategic as possible, meaning you want to make as few trips, you know, up in and out of that attic as possible. And so, you know, like the last episode we talked about using, you know, hopefully you have that attic inspection graph to go off of that way. You know, when I first pop up in that attic, I know some supplies that I'm going to I can be carrying with me, you know, to help minimize those trips. And some of the first two things I would say take a look at is we want to look at installing our baffles, right? Um, Now, some addicts may already have baffles installed, some may not. But a good rule of thumb here um, is we want to look at installing a baffle into every other joist. And what we're talking about here is where the the overhang, where the soffit vent is, right? A lot of times you can see some daylight coming in. and if there is, you know, some fiberglass, you know, bats there present, uh, we can pull some of that out, install our poly baffle or our cardboard baffle with our hammer stapler and then kind of shove, push that fiberglass bat, you know, back down against that baffle because what we're trying to do is, you know, block that off to where we're not going to blow tap, you know, down into through the overhang and the eaves there in the soft vent. And that will allow air, you know, to pass that back behind and through there. And a lot of guys ask, you know, do I have to do this for every single one? You know, absolutely not. Golden rule is is every other or, or one for every 300 square feet of attic space. Um, so installing our baffles is usually my my first go to step once we get up there. Um, after that, we're we're looking at recessed light covers. Um, our,
0: you talk about the the baffles a little bit too on on some of the different things we might run into. Yeah. Um, you know, installing those baffles. I mean, we talk about every other, um, every other joist, kind of to put it through there. But you know, sometimes we have what we have, we have trusses and yep. stick built, and, and some of those that varies a little bit in how we have to try to get in there. So yeah, so there, there's
1: bit. two primary differences. Like Chris just mentioned, you know, we've got stick built, and then we've got truss built. And truss built where is where they have been manufactured site and generally those stick to a pretty good 16 inches or 24 inches inches on spacing. And the cardboard baffles are designed to fit exactly those. Uh, They do a good job. You know, you can, you can, they have perforations and they bend to fit those two exact sizing. Whereas stick built trusses where, you know, it was built on site can be a little more difficult to maneuver around and through. And so, It's a good idea to have the the poly baffles for those just because, you know, the sizing and the sections can be different. um, And those poly baffles are a little bit longer, sometimes a little bit easier to get down into those those smaller angles.
0: And what about when we have the uh, now we're putting the baffles in and, you know, they're stapling those up into place what uh, we have to block off know the bottom half of that because if we blow the insulation it's going to get right into that soffit vent, right so what are some of the things to do there yeah so
1: one of our favorite things to do is is uh keep a little bit of fiberglass bats around you know if, and if you have some currently in that attic you know what we recommend is just pulling some down you can you can almost use a broom, broom handle or a stick and kind of shove that fiberglass bat down around the baffle to help block that off and if not we 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 keep a bundle or two on the truck just in case we ever need to cut some small sections you know to put in front of that baffle when we install it to help block that
0: off yeah i think that helps with knowing um you know on the work order what the previous insulation was up there or is up there Um, and then having you know knowing if you should put some of those fiberglass bats on the truck or add that to your job um, oftentimes it's, it, it, you're going to be able to find something to be able to block those off. But the, um, you know, having, having that available on the truck is a, is a good idea. You know, even if it's stuff from that you've pulled from other oh, yeah. jobs before, you know, and just having that, have a couple of bags of that just in there, you know, some of the better looking stuff, not that, you know, nasty yeah. up, but something that looks a little decent, you know, and it's really not a big deal to pull it from the floor, um, you know, cut some put it in there. Cause you're going to insulate yep. that attic anyway. So it's really not going to harm anything to pull yep. a couple of
1: people. Just like out. you said, even if you pull some down or, you know, think you're leaving a gap, that tap is going to do a great job at filling in all those cracks and crevices. So no no need to worry there. Yeah. So Good. after the we take yeah. a look at the baffles, generally the next thing is to look at uh, recess light covers. You know, and again, hopefully from your attic inspection report, you'll have a count of how many is up there. But... We can't always rely on that. Right. So, you know, like Chris said, when we're doing our, you know, walk through below, we're checking for cracks and and, and different things on the ceilings that may be there. I also want to count my recessed light covers. Okay. Or my recessed lights, excuse me. And then, you know, when I'm getting up into that attic, I bring that amount of covers with me now not going to get too detailed as far as, you know, is installing these and put them together because they, they're very simple. Um, they've got directions on them. We actually just came out with our, our, newly manufactured ones that we have ourselves at TAP. Um, but golden rule is to always put a recessed light cover over all your recessed lights. Okay. Um, there are different ways to do that. Uh, they, they, they bend down on the side, so they, they create a nice little landing top hat. If you need to manipulate the, the walls or the corners, let's say they're, they're really close to some you know, joist, um, you, can, you can cut those with a box cutter to make them fit, um, but we want to make sure that we're putting those over our can lights. Chris, you got anything you want to add on uh, the recessed lights?
0: Yeah, the, um, one of the things that a lot of people ask is, you know, how do I fasten yep. those down? And, um, you know, what are your thoughts on, on seeing
1: a couple of different options? Um, you can hammer stapler, but I would caution you to be very, very careful because generally, you know, you're hitting that cardboard along the drywall there. And so you gotta be very, very careful, um, foam, um, and or caulk can be a really good way. Um, you know, and if it's close to Joyce, a lot of times you can, you can tuck those little, those little folded flaps I'm talking about under some of that wood. Um, but that is probably the most too common that I've, that I've seen that we have used.
0: Yeah. You know, and just to add to that, I mean, it's, it's always a great idea to, you know, the fastment. I personally was just like yep. using a little bit of caulk. Um, it's simple. It's a little forgiving. Um, I'm not a big fan of foam. Everybody knows that I think by now, um, it's a four letter yeah. word in my opinion. Uh, and I don't, I don't like that product, but uh, the, um, and, and, and you know what, it, using it in this case to try to foam it in there, it, it dries so quick and it's so messy that if you make a mistake, then yeah. it, there's no forgiveness. So I, I'm not a fan of using that. I would rather just, you know, just use the caulking. You can kind of wiggle that in there, get it the spot you want, but you know, stapling, you are absolutely right on the stapling. You know, uh, you guys can't forget you, yep. you're on the ceiling. You start pounding on that ceiling, man, and you you might crack it. You might do something. So um you know the other thing is sometimes you don't even have to seal them technically i mean once they're down and they're undisturbed you're just going to be blowing the tap uh, on top and that insulation is going to fall right over top it's not going anywhere so you know it's it's it it does make you feel better if it's if it's sort of fastened in there which is why you know a two dollar uh thing of caulk and and a couple of dabs underneath is makes you kind of feel good about it but you know, overall, you don't, you don't even need to do that. If you, uh, you know, if you some, for some reason forgot the caulking or over that day, just, uh, just be careful not to, not to knock it around. before you. Yeah, no,
1: you're exactly right. It's a lot of times you don't have to, and there people don't realize how sturdy those things are. You know, once you get them folded and, and, and made correctly, when you set them down, they, they stay pretty well stuck. So let's talk about, uh, kind of the next step after that. Let's, Let's talk about heat-producing appliances or even HVAC or flue pipes or or, or any instance that we may need to build a dam around. Um, You know, if we get up there and we see an HVAC system, okay, You cannot blow tap, you know, all throughout the main harness of that unit. And particularly, we're talking about the drip pan here, okay? And so what we want to do is build a little dam around it. And there's a number of ways to do that. Um, You know, you can use, um, you can even actually break down and use our recessed light covers or some of the baffles if you had to. Uh, I would say some of the better ways are utilizing, um, you know, some foam board that's very easy to cut. Uh, You can use some push screws to build a little, little box dam or a border around um, and then the same thing goes with uh, with flue pipes or heat sources. Um, you know, our recess our recess light covers do good for that. There may be some instances where we're looking at at some flashing and a few things, but but primarily here, um, you can get away with with foam board or utilizing our, our recess light covers.
0: Yeah, the aluminum, the metal is yep. good too. That comes in a roll. Uh, that's often a uh, a really nice way to. Kind of create that dam around. You can just get out some tin snips with you and so forth. But that creates a pretty good, pretty good dam, depending on the size you're looking to, to put up. Um, you know, plywood, spare plywood around, uh, drywall, any of that stuff is uh, is good to use. Um, it, it it just you know you gotta just use your creativity to get around them, but. You know the rule of thumb you want that three inches around there you just want to make sure you're pulled off of about three inches off of any of the flues and so forth and the HVACs. now i get you know seems i get questions sometimes on you know what about uh you know ventilation like the uh the fan mm. from a uh, in a bathroom do I, yeah do you, do no it's that?
1: those create very interesting situations <laughs> sometimes no doubt um you know i've done some some houses where you know that stuff is supposed to be poured out not just into the attic but you know to the exterior side of the house but you know what do you do if you get into a situation where you know you see that bathroom fan or that attic fan and it's just laying out on top of that current insulation you know what do you do um it's 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 hard to want to open up that roof line and port that out which is what it's supposed to be doing um but i try to i try to tie it up the best i can and secure it to where I know it's going to be out above and away, you know, from the tap insulation, So it'll, it'll still be able to function and do its job. Um, what are your thoughts?
0: Well, the, yeah, the real thing you got to, you do have to get that outside. You don't want to have that air inside that, uh, inside that attic. It's not a good idea. You know, you've got to vent that out. There's, and there should have been when it was installed, unless it was done by the homeowner, who didn't know how to do it? Um, that needs to be vented to the outside. Now, hopefully, that's going to get caught ahead of time. Um, you know, but that is something that if you do find is in somebody's attic, you you really got to call yeah. it to their attention. And you know, maybe that's something you know that needs to be done. But you don't want to have any kind of vent, uh, you know, air like that in there. I guess, I guess my question was really, you know, do we have to do uh, damming around that? And you know, the answer to that would be uh, not necessarily um, because the, the fan is typically inside the, the wall itself, not in the attic. So it's, it's actually inside there and it has the uh, breathability from the bathroom um, so that it's not technically a heat of producing appliance that you would have to dam around like a, like a recessed light would be. So I mean, typically you'll just see a hose coming up through the ceiling an enclosed box and that's wouldn't be something you'd have to worry about uh, damming around so Um, but if you do like like steven says and we have seen this a lot uh, you'll just see hoses up facing into the attic and it'll just go into the attic and you know the thought process behind it is well it's in the attic and the attic's vented and therefore that air will go out Um, that's not how it works (laughs) Mm -hmm. building science says that that's not that's not what's going to happen um, that moisture from the house in the air is going to end up underneath the, uh, uh, underneath the roof line and you could be creating mold. And so we want to make sure those are vented to the outside. There should be no hoses that dead end.
1: Yeah. And, and hopefully, you know, before we get to, to this step, it has been
0: identified and taken care of <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about now we're, you know, we've got everything set up, Stevens. You've got the, uh, the baffles are in, the light covers are in, the, we've dammed around all the appliances. It seems like we're good to go. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. So we've got about kind of in,
1: three right. things left we look for, but the next is the Hatchmaster. So, and, and this is the point where you want to get that Hatchmaster in. And so, you know, we've, we've taken some pre-measurements, you know, when we were selling the job and we were doing some inspections. So we've got that, the correct sizing Hatchmaster there. And so what we want to do now is just install that. Right, we've got our hammer stapler. Uh, comes with the the directions. I would say no, no more than really five to ten minutes to get that in. Um, you know, if you want to take some some extra steps, you can put some uh, some caulk or, as Chris loves, a little bit of foam around there just to help air seal those sides. Um, right, <laughs> but that's when we want to get the hatchmaster in, um, and we want to make sure we do this, guys, before we install because it helps us seal that attic entrance, right? It helps keep some dust and some cellulose from, from falling down in there. So we want to get it installed because then it allows me to, to, once I do get ready to actually, you know, run the blowing hose, I can zip that hatch master close around the hose. And it allows me to, to keep the house as clean as possible. So Chris, what are, what are some additional thoughts on the hatchmaster there?
0: Yeah, the so the hatch master um well, sometimes you are you know when you when those when you get those you're going to um Yep. you want to get the bigger size um because it's uh Yeah, you can, you, you can always pleat. To Very correct. make it fit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Good,
0: good word. Pleat. Pleat is the word of the day. Um uh, yeah, you can pleat that over and um and then attach it in there. So you want to make sure that a little bit bigger, although I have run into uh, my my attic itself actually has a smaller uh, I ended up ordering one that was just a shade smaller, and what I did mm-hmm. actually was cut the corners and as I cut those corners, I was able to stretch out another inch or so all the way around um, and then attach it Now I did have to fill uh, the gaps yep. in there with some caulking because uh, i didn 't have any foam, and so I filled it with caulking. <laughs> I never have foam. Um the so I filled it up with the caulking on there and um, and that uh, that did the trick. It was able to to uh make a smaller one. Yeah, the and and just there.
1: just so our listeners yeah, know. know, guys, we we've yeah. got, you know, your your typical standard attic stairwell pull-down sizes and then we also have your typical standard scuttle hole sizes, but in your measuring, you know, I would encourage you just for the instances Chris brought up, you know, try to be as specific as possible. But we can also get you a, a custom size Hatchmaster. If you have one that is just two in between, you know, the, 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 the price is the same. The lead time is just a little bit longer. So I do want everybody to know that. Yeah,
0: and typically you're going to find in your market that most of the uh, attic hatches are going to be very similar in size so most of your scuttles will be the same whether it's 30 by 30 most builders are going to follow that same uh that same yep. uh, format as well as pull down stairs. they're all you know a lot of builders just buy the same one and they just work it into their plan so you're going to find that many you may only need to carry a couple of different sizes yep. it's going to fit most of the homes in the market which is kind of what all right, so now we got the hatchmaster. master. one ready thing, blow, and I'll be honest, I uh,
1: I am good at forgetting these sometimes. <laughs> I really am. But rulers, guys, we've got the <laughs> tap rulers that we want to install. Um, you know, and what this does is this helps us. You know, the guy who's going to be blowing, right, blowing the the certain level of insulation, and this is this is really for him, right? We want to make markings on how many inches or whatever the level is that we're going to be blowing, and then he wants to install these. You know. As it will help him blow to keep a good consistent level. Um, a lot of people ask us, "Oh, how many do we have to put in?" Or is there a golden rule? And and I kind of say, not really. You know, that that's more up to the guy on the end of the hose. You know, how many does he need to 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 do the best job he possibly can? Now, Chris, let me ask you this: Do we install those rulers, um, you know, flush with the drywall along the wood, or do we install them from the top of the current insulation up? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Good question. I get that a lot too. Um, I, you know, it needs to go right to the right to the drywall of the ceiling, right to the floor. Um, you should know what you're adding uh, on there, right? You're, you've done the. You've used our our calculator. You know that if you have five inches and you're going to be adding eleven on top of it then you just need need to do the math and we're marking it at 16 inches and that's the level we're going to shoot for all the way across the attic is that level 16 um, and that'll give them the 11 inches on top of that five so always to the floor um, has been my has been my rule because it just gives you a more consistent and uh,
1: Yep, and what, and what we like to do just to make sure we're on the same page is I'll take you know however many rulers and I'll go ahead and mark mark several of them before I even you know go get up into that attic that way they're they're all marked we're all on the same page, and then we can we start installing them accordingly to whoever whoever's going to blow that job so
0: oh yeah yeah absolutely that's uh i mean I would do that I usually take you know a good twenty five thirty of them right away and and then just mark them all off with the uh you know you want to use a break bright marker or you know don't use black um black you're not going to be able to see in a dark good attic, fluorescent so yeah fluorescent you know, orange or a good highlighter the, uh, yellow orange, seems to work good yeah, green yeah, a green or something that's going to stand out that you're going to be able to see when uh you know when there's dust and it's a little dark uh it needs to jump out at you so that's
1: well now that now that we've kind of got everything set up right we've got our baffles recess light covers any dams got the hatch master in you know we've we've got our rulers in you know one of the last things we want to do before we kind of come out of there to start you know bringing the hose in and all that stuff is is we want to set our install plan I mean, we want to get kind of an active game plan for blowing insulation throughout that attic right we want to know how we want to move you know from from start to end and I'm going to share kind of my my two cents that I want Chris also to share but What I do in in every attic and layout can be different, as Chris mentioned, whether you have two entrances and where you're able to operate from. But I'm a big fan of starting farther away and working back to my attic entrance where I'm going to be getting out and getting in. You know, you you never want to paint yourself into a corner, uh, as people call it. I'm a big fan of utilizing the joist mates and I will I'll kind of lay them out, you know, as to where I want to move when I start that way. You know, if I start in the farthest corner, I've got my joist mate set. I blow that area, and then I just back up, right? I remove that joist mate, back to the to my secondary. I blow that area, and then I keep working my way back to the the scuttle hole entrance.
0: Absolutely. Yep. That's. I wouldn't do it any differently. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? You got a lot of people think you know. Well, as far as planning, like you're talking about, it doesn't take long. Yep. Heck, you can start doing it as you're putting up the rulers right and i i like to you know when i train crews i like to let them know that hey the guy at the end of the hose and the girl at the end of the hose needs to be the one yep. putting up the rulers and planning that route because they're the ones who are going to be doing it they're the ones who need to see where the rulers are going to go which way are they facing um so that person needs to plan that out and You know, if you just take five minutes to kind of take a look at the attic and go, there's the furthest point. I'm going to start there. Then I'm going to work to my right, back to my left, back to my right till I get to the scuttle hole uh, or the pull down stairs. And then I'm going to stop and I'm going to go to the other side of the attic at the furthest point and come back to the exact same thing. That's all it takes. It's very simple, but you need to look. And the reason you need to look is because in – not every attic's the same and you may have HVAC systems in the way, you may have you may have some yep. uh I've seen wiring, I've seen you know some different things that get in the way, so you may yep. want to You got to be we 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 have the term hose now. conscious. <laughs> um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you got to know what's you know, you want to limit the the amount of times you're walking back and forth in an area because I mean you got to that hose isn't easily uh, moved around. It's it's not extremely hard, but it's also it's a little bulky, and, and you've got a uh, you know it's it doesn't bend real easily, which you which yep. there's a reason for that, or else you it would clog up. But um, yeah, it it's just a little yep, no doubt. Always good to take, like you said,
1: five doing. minutes, get a get a game plan together, and and just always be hose conscious.
0: Good. So I think that. I think that kind of wraps up our No, yeah, no, I think I think, think I think we did. We um let's
1: all. let's transition kind of in, into the next part. I know I know we got a good question. Um yeah. and this question, Chris, I'll leave it to you to answer. Um we got a question.
0: Oh no, yeah, <laughs> we, uh, oh, no. we got a question ours?
1: from who's it what's his name? <laughs> Pull it up now. Yeah, you know, Mark in Illinois. So he said, If you run this is a good one, if you run out of rulers, what else can you do? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. what else can you do eyeball it uh no <laughs> don't do that uh no i i've actually done that i've actually had where you know we forgot to put the rulers on the truck and um you know it's uh, you, gotta, you yep. gotta do something you, you can mark the joist up on the attic um uh, you know we've done that just a uh, little magic marker on the uh, on the joist itself works great um i've even used uh, some random uh, wood that may be up in the attic that you know was kind of junk wood on the on the ground and just kind of yep. put those up and mark those at the right level um so really just kind of being creative with what you have, I mean you could take a baffle and uh you know kind of. Mark yeah i was gonna cut those i was gonna say that i'm not proud of this but and a few are, times i i do. had
1: taken some recess light covers because they do have a ruler on them and i just made some nice cuts and cut the ruler section out of it <laughs> it was able to staple it right up on the joist but
0: yeah yeah so that 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 would be the way to do it mark um you know that's a good question i know that comes up but yeah there's there's a lot of different things i did you know one thing i want to add to the setup that um I I neglected to say before, but, um, you know, when you think about where the recessed lights are and you're going to cover them, if you're putting a lot of insulation, that's going to cover those lights, even over the covers. um, It's a good idea to, I usually take a string and I will tie it to the box and then run it to the roof line on one of the studs up there. And and that just helps people know where things are. And you can, you know, if you're really, Uh, good about it then uh, put a piece of tape on that string that says recess light you know and another one to maybe the bathroom fan uh, because it's really going to help the homeowner and and if you do this if this is part of what you do in your installs you know it it should be part of your sales process that hey this is what we're going to do because that is attention to detail that you know, if the homeowner has an issue with a recessed light, and they have to they call can find them. in and they have to get up into the attic to take a look, uh, they can find it very quickly yep. uh, and they're not ruining the rest of their insulation to do that. So that's just one to think about. Yeah, folks. no, I, um,
1: great uh, idea to do. You can take a little, you know, a screwdriver, poop, poop, that. two little holes and then run some string, just like you said, and, and, and put put a piece of tape on it. And it's a great way to leave a reminder on how to get back to those things. Absolutely. Well, let's – uh. Let's move on here to the the Good. next portion of our show. We got heard in the field, and so these are, you know, again, some real life stories that we have heard from folks like you or experienced ourselves. And so, Chris, I believe you have the one this week. So, what do you what do you got for us?
0: Yeah. yeah. First I gotta <laughs> say, I love that goat. That goat making that noise. It's, uh, it's not mine. I have chickens. I don't have a goat, but I need to get a goat. My wife wants a goat um <laughs> anyway um yeah so here's a story actually it's uh, related to the uh, to the uh, ic lights so the recess lights um so i as as most people know there's two types there's insulation contact and non-insulation contact so i was working with a brand new crew one time and they they saw that uh you know they they knew everything about building and uh, they knew that ic rated lights meant insulation contact so they were going to take tap and blow it right over the top of everything because you can and you know they're technically they're right so they did they blew it all over now we don't advise you do that we always we want you to cover every recess light with one of our covers and um, you know they they said yeah you know that's because you guys want us to buy more of your products and so anyway anyway they blew it over all everything and, and this was a job where they did in r 49 there was a lot of insulation covered up the boxes and everything. And, and, uh, they, they weren't cleaned up and out of the house. And the yep. lights started blinking. And the homeowner freaked out. They, from what I was told, she ran out and, and her and her husband ran out and said, what did you guys do to our lights? Our house is going to burn down. Uh, you must've shorted out the lights. They're all blinking. And so what actually happens in that case? Oh is yeah. That, uh, Tap is a great insulator, and when you even when you put it over an insulation contact uh, recess light, what happens is is it holds that heat in. And they had incandescent bulbs, uh, heat producing bulbs, in there, and those bulbs were uh, basically heating up that canister in that in that recess light. And the thermal couple, the little heat switch in there, when it gets too hot to protect itself, it shuts itself off. And that's exactly what it was doing. And then when yep. it gets when it cools down enough, the light comes back on again. So as you can imagine, it got to the point where it was just at the heating and cooling area. So every about five minutes, it would go on, off, on, off. And that's exactly what happened. So uh, moral of the story. Yeah. Always. Always.
1: You Absolutely, I've, I've, and I've I've what myself had you know neglected to do that early on, and then you get the classic situation where you leave, they're happy, and then you call, and you go back out, you flip the lights, they'll come right back on, and you'll leave, and the same thing will happen <laughs> before you know it, you've got no gas left in your <laughs> truck. <laughs> That's it.
0: <laughs> Uh, hey, guys, if anybody out there has stories they'd like to let us know uh, know about, we use them on the show. We will send you some tap swag, hat, t-shirt, that kind of stuff. Uh, and if you have any questions, do the same thing. Uh, you can go to podcast at tapinsulation.com and send us those stories, your questions. And, uh, and if we yeah. use them, and we probably will, we'll send you some goodies
1: yeah hey, it, was it was a good one I'm it was good when i'm looking for the next episode but this
0: show's over yeah so this is uh this was part two of our four-part series the the next one will be on blowing tap insulation in the attic so we'll go over some techniques tips and things to do there but that's going to do all it for all right guys now, have, have we'll a good one remember keep those feet on the joists be well